everybody it's Jonathan Gilchrist I just wanted to jump in here before our show starts uh, to let everybody know that as of today when this is dropping uh, to September 29th um, we have also releasing a special episode of Chaos Traveler where me and DJ Madman are talking about the song Purity by Slipknot but more than that I'm doing a interview with uh, DJ Madman about his love of Slipknot and just about him in general. So if you want to know more about him or enjoy Slipknot or just want to hear about the song, check it out. It was a very fun episode and I really do enjoy it. Um, but I just kind of forgot about it in our end of the episode uh, pluggings. So I wanted to give it here. I hope you enjoy this episode of Chaos Everywhere and we'll see you soon. Hey, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Sorry about the wait. I was having trouble with Peacock and the Anchor app, so it was a twofer. It's okay, because I've just discovered two food recipes that make me want to splooge all over myself, so. Well, that's graphic, but I'm glad for your discovery. Bro, next, before we get into this wrestling stuff, which, uh-huh. yeah, sure, I guess that's what most people are probably here for, whatever. If anybody's here for anything, yeah, you're right, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, if, if Jen's willing to... You uh-huh. can show her this recipe and see if she's willing to make it. It's chicken parmesan stuffed shells. Okay. Uh, and look at it just it's on the food when when you get the chance, it's on the food network. All right. I'll definitely check it out. I like she showed me something similar very recently, but I don't know if she saw the chicken parmesan once. Because there's also a chicken Alfredo stuffed shells that looks crazy too. Right. Both of them looked absolutely crazy. So just when, like whenever you get the chance, holy shiitake yeah. mushrooms looked awesome. Okay, and I'm we're still going to start, but I'm still fighting with Peacock to actually get to play the which paper um, correctly. Uh, which one is it? Because uh, they don't have dates on these. Yeah, it should be season one, uh, episode five. Is the one five? we're watching. Okay, I've got it up and it's playing. I just can't pause it. So, or get it back to the beginning of the episode. That's some problem I'm having. That's certainly odd. So, while he's doing that, this goes out to you viewers as well. Like, if you get the chance, chicken parmesan stuffed shells or chicken Alfredo uh, stuffed shells, these things look absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, you know, just uh, give you give people a little bit of an idea. Stuffed shells in general. Absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. Um, one of my favorite Italian foods is stuffed shells. So, uh-huh. so just to give people a little insight there. And if you don't agree with me, then you're wrong. It's not a. <laughs> it, this is something that's not subjective. It's objective. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I've finally got to be ready. So let's do the intro. Um, yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Stuffed Shell Hour, also known Please. as Cats Everywhere. I'm your host, Jonathan Gilchrist, and that guy over there who needs a napkin to clean himself, apparently, is Mr. <laughs> Artie Weiss. Yeah, yeah, get it, get it, stuff shells. 
And as we just were discussing, <laughs> we were watching uh, In Your House from December of 1995, and then that would be on the Peacock Network, Season 1, Episode 5, so it's the fifth In Your House. All right? And, um, yeah, let's just, because Peacock's a pain in the ass, I'll do more stuff as we start it, but let's um, just get going with it. Yep. All right, so we're, I'm at zero, so we're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. There we go. And now we get the the classic WWF entrance or World Wrestling Federation for over 50 years. No, it's the World Wrestling Foundation now. Oh, Foundation. I feel like they're just going to get rid of the wrestling. It's going to be the World Entertainment Company. Yeah, no, they're going to change it to WDM, World Disney, or WDE, World Disney Entertainment. I feel like um, we do get an Owen Hart match, which I'm kind of in the mood for. I've been wanting to watch an Owen Hart match for a while because of all the recent news. Give it some time and you'll be able to uh, play him. That's true. I'm really looking forward to that. Man, the the WWE stands that that are pissed off about it, Oh mm-hmm. boy! I love that people are coming out saying that uh, that she's making money off of his death and everything. I'm like, no, no, she's finding a way to honor him without putting money in the pockets of the people that, if not responsible, were at least culpable in his death. Yeah, like, it might not have been Vince's fault that that rigging went wrong, but it was Vince's stupid idea to put Owen Hart up there when really no one needed to be up there. Yeah. Especially because from what I've heard, Owen didn't want to be there anymore anyway. He wanted to leave with his brother. I don't know if that's true, but it seems very likely, to be honest with you. It seems extremely likely. Not that would have been a good career move, but we'd probably still have an Owen Hart alive today, which would be nice. You know, yeah, Yeah. it probably might not have been the best career move. It probably would have been a good life move, though. Yeah. Let's talk about more happy things. Like Santa Claus throwing toys at the kids like, with a fucking like gun. Stuff shells. <laughs> do, you, do you um? Do you have like a cheese fact about stuff shells? Uh, you want to give us or something? Sure. You know what's great with stuff shells? Mozzarella. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to go into ricotta. That's usually what. Oh yeah, stuff no, ricotta is really great too. But what you do is you basically you take like ricotta. And you mix in like some Parmesan, uh, Parmesan, and some mozzarella, and then you take um, just based on what I'm seeing here, you take some uh, cooked chicken and dice it up, and you put that into the mixture too. You put all that into the shells, and then you have like the marinara sauce and everything, and the and then more mozzarella cheese, and then bada bing, bada boom, you got yourself some uh, Parmesan chicken, Parmesan stuffed shells. I don't know what the episode's going to be named yet, but it's going to say something about stuffed shells, which is going to have nothing to do with what we're actually watching. But I know it's going to happen. I just know how my brain works. But, but for right now, let's actually get into wrestling. Uh, we're starting off with the Million Dollar Corporation, uh, the One Two Three Kid and Psycho Sid, which honestly is not a horrible tag team, but. Yeah. And we're getting into some of the background. If you hey, we watched know, that. What? We watched oh, we this. We did watch that. <laughs> You're right. What the, it what all comes around full circle. 
we've been like uh, that's been happening a lot like a lot that we've been just finding random stuff that matches old episodes we've just been doing this long enough that we're constantly bashing stuff at this point yep not that's a bad thing i just i find it really fun because that means this week i can go back find that episode and put it up as part of uh putting over this episode yes we i forget what it was we um we had something very similar when I was doing. We have a couple of lost episodes that'll never hear the light of air thanks to some um, audio issues that me and DJ <laughs> Madman did. Uh, it's really sad too. The Simpsons episode and a Chaos Traveler that just they sound horrible, so we're never going to get to hear them. Oh God, it's gold dust. Oh God, and he looks all rapey when he sees Razor Ramon. Yep. That would have been a cool storyline. Too bad Scott Hall wasn't into it. But, um, yeah, I think part of the problem was that we were actually saying really nice stuff about you on those episodes, and the universe said there's no way that can get out into the world. Boy, that so, feels a little too real right now. <laughs> <laughs> I Okay, so the storyline there, and this is just the start of it, but basically Goldust has just premiered, and he gets fixated on Razor Ramon, and they're, this this is way before they pulled back on the Goldust chain. So he's going to be very sexually fixated on Razor Ramon, and yeah. it's actually pretty like it's not PG in any way or PC, and he would never do it today. But the storyline itself had some potential as like being like at least interesting. But um, Scott Hall did not want to do it, and that's how you end up by WrestleMania twelve. You have Roddy Piper versus Goldust instead of Razor Ramon, which is what they were building to. Yeah. And that's besides the fact that Razor was leaving because Diesel had a match against The Undertaker even though he was leaving. So, But look at him. He's got an usher and everything. Isn't that nice? Poor Marty. Having a team with whoever he can. (laughs) You guys want to be friends? You want to be friends? You want to be friends? This was clearly a favor that Shawn Michaels pulled to have Marty a part of this storyline. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Marty Jannetty is going to have a resurgence in WCW when he starts jobbing to people in 96. Oh, yeah. Oh, almost got him that time. You've been doing this a lot longer than me, Chico, but uh, this is what you should do. (laughs) I was just thinking to myself, what do you think that they actually say to each other in those moments? Because there's no real strategy needed. Right. So does he just, like, make a joke? Maybe it's just a reminder. Maybe maybe it's like reminders on what's supposed to happen next. Like, don't forget like this, this, and this. Right. Maybe if like yeah, if Razor's the one that's like calling the match. Yeah, like it might just be like a quick run. Yeah, like maybe just like a quick like rundown of what's next or something. That would be my guess, at least. Maybe. I mean, I could definitely see that if you, if it's something useful. Other than that, it might just be him saying something, something, something. Like peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. I just realized, yeah, Sid's, Sid's not there by the same time. 
But in like six, like not even a year, most of these guys are going to be in WCW, even Ted. Yep. Hey, what's up, Chico? That's what's happening right now. What's up, Chico? Pretty much. So, yeah, I don't think much. If you know anything about 95 uh, stuff, you should know what's going on. But basically, uh, Razor and Kid were friends. And then uh, Kid betrayed him for the million-dollar man's money. So that's why we are having this match. Nice clothesline from Sid. That's big man. Really shows you how, I mean, like, it shows you how big Scott Hall really is, too. Because, obviously, yeah. Sid's as huge as he is. And even, yeah. though, even though Hall's, like, smaller than him, he's not, like, that, that much smaller. Yeah. No, Scott Hall's, like, one of the more deceptively big guys in all of wrestling history, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because you're right, because he's always around guys like Kevin and Sid, so you think... You know, he's tall, but not, like, overly tall. But, no, he's, yeah, he's a big guy. He would tower over most of us. Dustin's the same way, Gold Dust. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the best way to tell you how big he really is uh is to see how big his son is. Because his son's, like, the same size. But, like, (laughs) his, his son, like wrestles like smaller guys so it like really stands out how big he really is yeah his son is in this era so he's basically the equivalent of what Sid was back then yeah basically so I just out of curiosity we'll obviously go over the whole pay-per-view by the end to compare it but what do you think of this opener compared to our opener for um uh, what the hell? I can't. Starcade. Yeah. Well, what was the opener? I forget. It was Jushin Thunder Liger. And I can't that was the opening match? I'm pretty sure it was Jushin Thunder Liger, yeah. If that was the opening match, then they don't compare. <laughs> like, no matter which match it was, it was one of the matches with the goddamn New Japan versus WCW guys. And most of them oh, were that's like, fair. Yeah, the, yeah, in general, it doesn't compare. There's got to be one match on here that's going to be like, oh my god, that's almost as good. I don't think we'll get to that until we get to, like, Brett, though. If we do. Even then. Maybe it's just my preferred style, but even then, it's not going to be... Yeah. Marjani with an awesome power slam. I'll complain about it, like, fucking, uh... Oh, I, this is I, I know where I know this is probably something that I should wait until next week for, and mm-hmm. we can get into it more next week. But I just want to like rant just for like two seconds. Yeah, that there is somebody that I can't stand as much as Cornette. Um, Dutch Mantel, motherfucking motherfucking disco. Oh, disco inferno. Okay. What did he say? Because I missed that. (laughs) Like, he... First of all, uh, not to get get too into it, but, like, he was basically, like... 
in a way, not like directly, but semi defending Flair, first of all. Right. Which is fucked up. Yeah. But secondly, the dude shits on AEW as much as uh, Cornette does. Right. Like, holy crap. At least that's not Dutch Mantel. I feel like he shits on AEW, but he has some good points. And he's usually pretty fair about it. So I was just curious. And like Conan, and it's weird because he like he like does the show with Conan apparently, but like, yeah. and like Disco would just be completely shitting on it, and then Conan's like kind of in the middle, where like yeah, but like so and so, he's like I kind of agree with you, but at the same time they're doing it for like such and such reason, right. and Disco's just like ah fuck them basically. Well. Disco, in general, um, is very bitter. I won't say all the time, but he was always a guy that was, is from what I've heard, has been bitter because he never got over as a wrestler. Like, Eric Bischoff even said, like, if he could just have got the wrestling thing out of his head and just been a manager, he would have had a much better career. But yeah, he just couldn't I can get that see out that. Of his head, so. I can see that. But yeah, and it's, just, it's just insane. Like... It's it's one of those things where he, at least from what I hear, he he doesn't seem to care about what like the company's philosophy is on certain things. Right. He just believes what he believes. Because like AEW clearly has this philosophy where if if you like for a show if there's the title if there's like one title on the line for the show that title uh-huh. match is the main event. Yeah. Like that's how they philosophy. do things. Yeah. But Disco is completely shitting on it. Yeah. No, I, that's definitely an old school way of doing it. But by putting the, whatever title you have on the card in the main event, you make every title a legit world title, which is what it should yeah. be. Yeah. He so, was he was shitting all over, like he was shitting all over uh, um, Brian Danielson and Kenny being the opening match instead of the main event. Right. Um, like he was completely shitting on that. But also, he he just yeah, he was shitting on everything, man. He was shitting on the finish. Um, he hated the finish for some reason. Um, he hated what else? Uh, he he said he was he was basically pissed off for MJF, even though like he was, he was like he was like I can't believe he was basically he said something along the lines of like basically not being like saying that, like, MJF has been, like, treated like crap or something. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it was funny, though, because, like, Conan was like, I mean, I don't know if anyone's gotten more television time than MJF. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, he's pretty much on every week, and if he's he was on just like, yeah, he but, he was like, yeah, but he had to be in the, he had, he had to, like, do stuff with, uh, with, with Tillman Jr. That was just horrible. Like, why would you treat him like that, basically? Like shitting on Pelman Jr. too. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty bad. I mean, it's par for the course for a lot of guys of that era, but it sounds yeah. pretty bad. Like, like go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> well, so, in the meantime, I to, like I had to rant on that just a little bit because I've just I've I've heard him recently and it just really pisses me off. That's okay, buddy. I in the meantime, I was actually checking out this pretty decent tag match. I think you're right yeah. that it can't compare to the opener, but it's been pretty good. Better than I would expect. WWF is pretty solid, yeah. Yeah. Like Janetti hitting uh, the 
blockbuster basically off the top rope in 95 is pretty cool. And yeah. No, that was solid. Power slam. Yeah. No, that's fair. That was, that was pretty good. Again, Grady on the curve of 1995. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you could compare it to the New Japan stuff we saw last week or the week before, but at the same time, I don't think we expected to try and compare those two things. Yeah, no, no, no. I think the main thing that this this will have, especially in the main event, is going to have a better story because obviously since the um, well, Starcade yeah. was just a tournament, it was a tournament. There was no yeah. story. Yeah. Plus the main event kind of just got all weird and came that weird yeah. triple threat, not triple threat thing. No. No, that's fair. It, that that pay-per-view was weird because it was like basically the entire tournament was like awesome. But then the main event was like Honestly, pretty shit. Also, like it was like most of them had already wrestled, so we're watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they had to cover for not having Hogan. Yeah. Well. Ooh. I don't even know what you were trying to do there. I, I guess the drop kick from earlier is that what you were trying to do there, kid? I think that's what was going on. Oh my god. Can you get in there to make the tag? Honestly, the way that looked, it, it looks like Marty saw Sid getting in and was just like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how it looked. <laughs> like it looked like he was going to continue the match and then Sid walked in and he was like, ah, fuck that shit. I mean, that's how I would react if Sid walked in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I, don't know if I, I don't know if I ever told this story on here, but it is a funny story from my childhood. About this time period, 95, 96, I remember getting, for whatever reason, getting this in my head and talking to kids at school and trying to make them believe that Psycho Sid and Vader were going to come be my bodyguards at school. Why? I, I don't know. I was picked on a lot just to be popular. Who the fuck knows? I don't remember much about it except for it embarrassed me to remember oh, it later. But I hate that. I hate when that happens, dude. When, yeah. like, you're, like, if you're, like, Especially if you're like laying down, like about to go to sleep, and then just like some random fucking like fact from when you were five, some like yeah. embarrassing moment from when you were five or six happened, and like it, you just it just pops into your head for no fucking reason. Yeah, A and you know one. whoever was like there with you that like saw it happen don't fucking remember it at all, but for yeah. some reason it's in your head. Yeah, no, and I actually um, heard a good psychological trick for when that happens, and it does usually work. Is uh, when that happens, you you should sit and try to remember an embarrassing moment for somebody else, and see if you can remember any moment that happened that was embarrassing for anybody else. And most of the time, you won't be able to because you just right. don't fucking remember. So yeah, no, it's just one of those things. Like at the time, it didn't embarrass me, but looking back, it was just like, oh, such a dorky little dweeb. Yeah, <laughs> but it also makes good podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, Goldust is cooling himself. He's gotten very hot. <laughs> also, I want to give Goldust the shout out to use the WWE magazine that has his face on it. So it's an extra level of like. You know. smart. <laughs> are you kidding me? These phone numbers are no longer active. Son of a bitch. I was going to call. I don't believe him. I'm going to try the Canadian one. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
like I, I've been a wrestling fan all my life. If you can't tell at this point in our podcast, I never had the urge you. to want to dial one of those numbers. Yeah, no. Like, I mean, yeah, you could talk to them, but I don't, I don't know. It just never appealed to me. I think I've mentioned that before. It just it bugs me when I see it on old stuff because I'm like, who wanted to call that? I mean, there were, there definitely were people. Oh, this is actually a pretty funny fuck up. The guy is um, announcing something, but we're not there yet. Like he's announcing the next match and announcing what's supposed to be a surprise, um, but we're actually doing Jerry Lawler. Oh, that's funny. I'm sure that guy got yelled at by Vince, like really so. after the show. I wouldn't doubt it. He probably got fired. Yeah. If we're being realistic. God damn it. So this is um, uh, part of a thing that like happened in real life, which is really weird. Um, so back in like December, not December, like in your house too, Jeff Jarrett just randomly walked out on the company and he took the, um, the roadie with him and to go to WCW, but that didn't work out. And now we're here but kind of like fucked over the roadies push. Cause he was supposed to do this whole thing after they did. I don't know if you remember the song uh, with my baby tonight, mm-hmm. like the whole storyline where it was really the roadies singing it. Yeah. So yeah, that completely killed that storyline. And now Jeff Jarrett, a few months later, who was already kind of over gets to come back and the roadies just screwed. And of course won't get over again until basically he becomes road dog. Right. <laughs> Which is yeah, no okay career, though. Yeah. Well, he did okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Hall of Famer at some point. <laughs> Multiple time tag champ, I mean. Well, it's even funnier from my perspective about like how Vince kept trusting Jeff Jarrett is before the before ninety six, he'll be in WCW. Like he, he doesn't stay more than I think a month. Yeah. Or two, and then he leaves again. Because Jeff Jarrett can do anything except for screw over Vince McMahon. He loves to screw over Vince McMahon. There we go. There's the strut. That's J E double F J A double R E double T double J Jeff Jarrett. Man, at least he knew back then that he wasn't a wrestler. He was an entertainer. Yeah. I like his, with his attitude. I don't know how. I think it's, I guess it must just come down to his size. Because like, yeah. I don't know why Vince wouldn't push him more. No, it had to have been honestly. Because yeah, Vince never let him go past the Intercontinental title, and I don't think he ever would have. So it must have just been the size that kept him from doing it because he's got everything else that Vince likes. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Well, don't worry, everybody. That's where Vince Russo and 2000-era WCW comes into play. (laughs) 
it's very rare for you to give somebody a gift and then you unwrap it and don't let them see as you unwrap it. Oh, would you look at that? It's the often fabled gold CD. Yep. <laughs> I think another part that might have held Jeff back um, at this era, what he eventually, I think before he leaves WF does have, is that it took him a while to get a finisher um, mm. that was like the impact finisher. Uh, that's fair. Because up until I think like 99, he was just using the figure four and then he figured out the stroke and that is actually a really good finisher. But yeah, it was way late in his career for WF. Yeah. Don't worry, everybody. If you're tired of watching Jeff Chair talk, we're going to get to just hear him talk on commentary for the next match. So, <laughs> plenty of more talking to come. Woo! Talk it, talk, talk it, talk. Oh, you do a little talk it, talk, talk, talk. <laughs> it takes more than two to tango. Not like that. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. Yep, he was whenever, in that movie. Yeah, whenever I think of Billy Madison, he's like the second one I think of after Adam Sandler. Really? Yeah. Neither of them are the first one or second one I think of. Yes, well, you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that Veronica Vaughn is one fine piece of ace. And when you say that line, you're not thinking about Veronica Vaughn, you're thinking about Chris Farley, right? Yeah, actually, yes, I am. Of course, right. <laughs> yes, you're, I actually am. <laughs> That's the first person I think of. That's fair. Not me, pers not me personally, but a buddy I knew, a buddy I know, he and her got it on. No, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. But you can imagine if they did. <laughs> Is everyone, everyone on the bus good, Grand? No yelling on the bus. That would actually, like, that'd be a fun movie to watch just because, one, we do 90 Nostalgia a lot. But two, I haven't seen it in years. And I wonder, like, if it would hold up in any way or if it's just too juvenile. But I'm pretty uh, sure the Chris Farley stuff would hold up. But it depends on your uh it, it depends on your uh, sense of humor. Since I have a five year old sense of humor, <laughs> it work it still holds up. I mean I feel like the final speech, because I've seen that clip replayed for years, but the final speech from the guy doing the trivia challenge. Yeah. Um where, where he just calls Adam Sandler an idiot. That that holds yeah. up. That's still holds we are up. all now dumber for hearing you. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Like, yeah, that joke holds up for all time. Yeah. I, I, well, I fucking love that movie so much. We're about to see um, Dean Douglas. Um, 
versus Ahmed Johnson. Dude, or this is so we think. This is gonna be so much better than those Starcade matches. Yeah. So if anybody doesn't know, I don't know how long it's been since we talked about this era. I don't know if we saw Dean Douglas. Um, this was Vince's way of using Shane Douglas, who really is one of the better wrestlers of the era. Mm-hmm. And he basically made him a evil teacher. Yep, that was the idea. Because everybody had to have a gimmick, and every gimmick had to be an occupation. Yep. God. What if you're a teacher? And like, what if you're a, I don't know, what if you're a trash man? What if you're a farmer? Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Because it's like, it's, it's the genius from way back in the day, but without any of the things that made that work, mostly being in the era that he was the genius. Yeah. Like, oh, don't. That paddle he has in his hand is the Board of Education. Get it? I don't get it. Neither do I. I, I don't get it either. No, I, I just mean I don't get why this is a thing. Um, Because the universe is a cruel place. That's fair. <laughs> so yeah, here's the um, here's the surprise is that uh, Dean Douglas is going to put in his graduate student who is, like, they're literally playing Ric Flair's theme song. It's clearly just being a Ric Flair ripoff. Yeah. So, I think Buddy Landell has some other credentials to him that I didn't look up, but, yeah, no, they, they, they're they not even trying not to just rip off Ric Flair right now. Is he your friend because you both wear robes? That's gotta be it. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure uh, Mr. Landell here is gonna have no problem beating the undefeated Ahmed Johnson. Well, no, he's he's gonna win, obviously. I mean, I mean he's, he's he's Ric Flair, basically. And throughout this whole match, the King and uh, Jeff Jarrett are going to discuss Ahmed Johnson and how Jeff is better than Ahmed Johnson in no way setting up anything for the end of the match. Yeah, no, definitely not. So this is definitely better than Eddie Guerrero um, at Starcade, right? Yeah, obviously. Like you would give that like a 9, this is like a 9.5, 9.8? Without a doubt. Yeah, I feel like the only reason that this is happening um, is well, one to set up the stuff of Jared, which does happen, but it's it's again the like the shadow um, campaign against WCW. Yeah, like, this is what happened if Ric Flair was fighting our new generation, and that would be true if that's how Vince booked it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There you go, 30 seconds. Yeah, 
He just slapped Dean's ass. With the Board of Education. With the Board of Education. Because Dean, for some reason, was so despondent, he stopped caring about what was happening. You know, I, I hope I hope he didn't actually like, hit him like really that hard because it looked like he really went like didn't hold up. From what I've heard of Ahmed, he wasn't like known for pulling back. Like and, <laughs> he might have just went as hard as he could. That that could literally break an ass. <laughs> He's like one of those guys that was so strong, but I don't think he was trained overly well, so he would just make everything real by doing it. I mean, it's the WWE. I highly doubt he was trained well. Yeah. <clears throat> That's right. In your house five. This is an in your house record for the quickest match. Yep. I mean, why wouldn't Ahmed Johnson want to go talk to Jerry Lawler? They're sort of in order. This all seems on the up and up. Oh, yeah. I'm sure nothing bad's <laughs> going to happen here. It's, it's, the, it's wrestling plot armor. It's like the reverse of plot armor for baby faces. They have to be stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, this sets up a match because um, I was just watching 95 Wrestling because I wanted to the, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, it sets up a match at the Royal Rumble uh, with Ahmed and uh, Jeff Jarrett. So. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's not the worst way I've ever seen a match set up. At least it puts up stakes. Yeah. But it is a lot of talking in the middle of a pay-per-view, and they do have a show called Raw where I feel like they could have done all of this without putting on their pay-per-view. That's fair. You're not <laughs> wrong. Also, I would like to point out, man, they have they have plenty of drinks for people out there. You see that, like, just the, they have that like bin just full of like what looks like soda, basically. Vince needs his um, beverages. He needs to stay hydrated at all times. Not the CD. No. I mean, oh. Oh, I was about to say I was going to give Ahmed credit for like taking it better than Warrior did, because the um, '96 Warrior Ultimate Warrior comes back. And, like, uh, Jerry Lawler does something very similar with, like, a painting that he made for Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. And, but Warrior was, like, fucking uh, pussy about it and wouldn't take the shot and actually wore a baseball cap out to the ring. Meanwhile, Ahmed Johnson here just getting his head rammed all sorts of this way and that. Ass dumb. Oh, now Jared's got the Board of Education. 
<laughs> Everyone knows the way to wake up Ahmed Johnson is by slapping him on the ass. <laughs> I don't always oh, go, okay. I don't know the logic of that, that Ahmed would like seem to run away to go get the chair. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's got to be just an experience because at this point he's not experienced enough not to just chase after Jarrett. Yeah. <clears throat> and that just looks sloppy as hell. It really did. I mean, that did not look good at all, literally at all. And I, I've seen this in other wrestling, too. I hate when people are, like, running to the back, and then as soon as they get to the curtain, they just, like, you know, they turn off the run or um, anything. They just start walking yeah. around. There. Yeah, at least run it out, like, a little bit past that, you know? Yeah, wait till you're behind the curtain all the way before you start, you know, just sauntering. Yeah. Now we're back in the one the one nine hundred line on Raw tomorrow night. We're going to see Yokozuna versus Razor Ramon, which would have been a better match than the one we just fucking watched. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and just to pull it all together, that's the letter Goldust gave to Todd earlier on during Razor's match. And I'm sure it's filled with a lot of compliments. Even though you could, <laughs> son of a bitch, learn something new every day. Oh, it's the hog pen match. Indeed, it is. You know, I feel like I remember watching this match. I'm sure I did. I this is the match I remember from this pay per view. Yeah, I mean, it does it doesn't hurt that it's like the only one they ever did. And if you're wondering to yourself, hey, I know some stuff about um, mid-90s WF, and I remember after the current call, wasn't Hunter Hearst Hensley, like, punished because of his role in that? Because they couldn't punish Sean? Why, yes, you're correct on that, and that has nothing to do with the fact that he's in this hog pen match. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, no. The, the two do not correlate at all. This is them trying. This is them doing their best for Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I feel like that's uh, obvious, though. I mean, it's remembered. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. I, I literally just said, you know, I, I distinctly remember this match, so... Uh, actually, the punishment's more about the Ultimate Warrior, because that's how he gets squashed at WrestleMania 12. Yeah. And then he said to himself, never again, and only squawked other people from there on. Yeah, yeah no, you're not wrong. Oh, while this is happening, entertain yep. our esteemed fans for just a few seconds. I just got to run to the bathroom real quick. Okay. Yeah, I looked up a lot of the storylines for you guys, but I don't know... I didn't find anything about this specifically, but it's it pretty much tells itself. Like obviously, it's the blue blood versus the hog farmer. I don't know how long they built it, but it, it really is such an easy build. They could have put it together the week before on Raw; it would make sense. But I'm sure there are weeks of like Henry 
trying to slop Hunter and all that stuff. It just leads to this. So the Hillbilly Jim thing is kind of cool. He becomes uh, Henry's manager. Um, I don't know right after this, but it might be like a few months. Is after they become a tag team, though. I know this is just the way to get Hillbilly Jim a, a paycheck at this point, because I, if I had to guess, he's probably one of those guys that Vince really loves. Yeah, this is another one of those things. If, if this wasn't in this weird cartoony, but not the good cartoony of the 80s era, like Henry Godwin's one of the hardest hitting like guys I that I know of worked in this era. I've heard that from guys like Mick Foley. And then we know what Hunter can do, you know, later on. We've seen his matches. And even this for the era is pretty hard hitting. But just if it wasn't in this like cartoon world, it, you could just do such a different type of match. But yeah, that's what we got, so we'll just enjoy it. All right. All right, hey buddy. Yeah, I was just explaining to the people how I thought if this was done in a different era, because of how hard hitting Helmsley can be and how hard hitting uh, Henry is, this could have been like a really cool hardcore match. But instead, it's kind of like a cartoon. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But this was—I don't think this was meant to. Uh, um, I don't think. How should I say this? I don't think this was meant to be a good match. Yeah. It's definitely supposed yeah, to be the comedy of the night. Yeah. But yeah, no, like, in a, in just in a couple more middle of the attitude era, this could have been a really good, like, street fight, hardcore type of match. Yeah. Nah, it could have been. Yeah, beads. I will say one thing for Triple H. No one can ever say he didn't pay his dues. No, that's fair. <laughs> that is very fair. It's not that he wasn't game to do anything he was asked to do. No, definitely, yeah, like, coming up, he he definitely did what he had to. Yeah. No, there's a certain point where he gets that protection where, yeah, that's where the arguments start happening. Yeah, but, there's a, yeah, that something happens. I'm not entirely sure what, but, you know, there's some, there's some important thing that happens that kind of changes a lot. It's like a part of him gets coupled in something else that sort of yeah. protects him. Yeah. Uh, I can't put my finger on it. No, literally. <laughs> literally, it's impossible. It literally will get me arrested if I yep. try. Yep. <laughs> if you aren't killed first. Oh. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a match with a lot of holes. It's going to be punches and kicks and stuff. Yeah, no, this is definitely going to be a more of a strikey kind of match. I also mentioned uh, while you were gone that I think Kill Billy Jim's only here because Vince likes him and he wanted to get him a paycheck. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise so, me. Because there's absolutely no reason for him to be a referee or anybody to be yeah. a referee in this match. 
Well, no, yeah, because there's no like pins or anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If we didn't make that clear, the hog pen match basically, there's a hog pen like down the ramp a little ways, and the way you win is just throw your opponent in. So. Yep. I mean, at least it's not with a gimmick match. At least they came up with a gimmick that's clear, concise, to the point. Not like that goddamn yeah. triangle match. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. At least it's, it's at least it's not overly complicated and makes literally zero sense. Oh, that's another thing AEW's done a good job of. They haven't fallen into that trap yet. God, I hope they yeah. do. All right, match over. Henry's just gonna walk him down to the hog pen oh, and oh. put him in there. What? Hunter gets out. Who would have guessed it? I wonder where they got those pigs from. Like this local local butcher down the street. Right there. Well, I have no I don't even know where they are, but they're in I think they're in Connecticut to be honest with you. Like yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because like in the opening they showed I think New York City. So I think they're in Connecticut, which is close to New York City. Or New Jersey, something like that. I would look it up, but that screws with the recording. Yeah, no worries. <clears throat> Man, remember when they used to do like stipulations and and involve real animals? <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, you're right. That would have been a real pain in the ass now. Oh, you know, I'm cool. That's one thing I'm definitely cool with not ever showing back up. But just like doing stuff with like real like animals and shit. I don't I don't need that in my wrestling. Yeah, that's fair. I don't need it. If AEW wanted to do an angle and bring in Jake with an actual snake for a one off, that'd be fine. But yeah, you're right. In general, I don't need it. I don't think that's going to happen. No. I think they, they did the most that they were going to do when they, you know, had the snake bag get kicked or whatever. Yeah. Which clearly wasn't a snake, even though I'm sure they got all sorts of letters because people are stupid. Yeah. That's the equivalent in this kind of match of a false pin right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say even back then, that's a pretty good flare flop from Triple H. <clears throat> Jerry Lawler is literally doing Jeff Foxworthy bits, but he's just replacing Redneck with Bitters Arkansas. <laughs> oh, what the hell? I don't know, no shit. Okay, yeah. Oh, nice move. I feel like that couldn't have been Henry's choice or Henry's thought. That had to be a hunter thought. Yeah. That was nice though. Yeah. It's like a wheelbarrow slam, basically. That's again, that's one of those things where I like if I were paid to do this and I would love to do this, I would like talk to guys wrestling now, like, hey. Steal that move because no one's going to remember that move. 
but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it basically it already gets done just faster. Right, but you could still doing it in that setup. It would just be a nice spot for a match. That's all. Because, mm-hmm. like, I could see somebody Ooh. trying to do a monkey flip and that being the reverse. That's not man. <laughs> I wonder how much the guy that feeds the cameraman the cord gets paid. Not enough. Oh, by the way, um, we, I, I want to rant a little bit myself just about something that happened on AEW Rampage, and we'll talk about it more, obviously, next week. Um, but I really didn't like it, and it was one of those things where I just want to talk to you about it. I'm um, scared. The spot in the Lights Out match where randomly Archer just finds a bunch of ring crew to catch Moxley for a chokeslam. I did not like it because it was clearly just, um, you know, wrestlers dressed up with AEW shirts to be there for that spot. I feel like it would have made a lot more sense if you had just done that spot in New Japan where you have the young lions that were inside and they could do the same thing, but they're meant to be there. So... It just to me, it felt like this is a very good New Japan spot, and in an AEW reign, it kind of made me like, eh. So yeah, I mean, you're not completely wrong. It's like I guess the thing is that's that's literally a thing they do in New Japan all the time. Like that's yeah. a move that those two do in New Japan, like basically every time they wrestle. Okay, and basically that's actually that's something Archer does in general, like in New Japan. Right. Which in so, Japan, yeah, like I, I, said, I completely get that. Lions, that makes complete sense. It just doesn't make sense in an AEW ring because there aren't just those guys out there. There's not a good reason for like, yeah. those four guys to be there. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. There was It was very random. Like, those guys were clearly out there for that reason. Yeah. Because yeah, you don't I, see them ever. You, like, never see guys out there like that. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, I completely... No. I, I completely forgot that. I could have sworn Helmsley lost this match. So, okay, before he gets punished, like almost right up to it, Helmsley's undefeated. So he wins, but he's going to go into the pig pen anyway, because you're right, he does go in there, but he doesn't win the match. Okay. Or lose the match, I should say. I get you. God, Henry Gowan's a strong guy. Right? Jesus. Also, Hunter's back is busted. Yeah, because they threw him into the metal cage and then they busted him open. Yeah. Also, Godwin, maybe uh, treat the live animals a little better. (laughs) And not, like, push them around. He had to get him going so it would be, you know, funny. He wants to go see I just... Let's get all that... That's not something that'd be cool today. That's for sure. Let's get all that mud and whatever else is in there just in that open back room. That's a good idea. That flop. Ah, there he is. That's got to suck, dude, because his back is, like, lashed open and stuff. So that, like, mud and shit is, like, going in. Yeah, but it really does speak to his commitment that he went for the Pratt Balls. Yeah, that's got hurt. I think that's probably the, the scene that most people remember from that match is him in the mud afterwards, like Ooh. slipping and falling. Some <laughs> fans. 
Yeah, the pig <laughs> threw something. Who the fuck said that? <laughs> it had to be Jerry Lawler. Fucking Jerry. Come on now. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's say it got him good, though. Who the, some, ah, uh, yeah, some fan, though, had, oh, man, I hate the 90s. I mean, I love, yeah. I love and miss the 90s, but I hate the 90s. <laughs> I mean, this is how I watch the World Rumble, by the way, most of the time. Yeah. Just invite my fancy friends over in their tuxedos. Yeah. With a Met Gala, you know. Orgy, woo! That's how most orgies start. Yep. And I love the idea that they like found a reason to really zoom in on that woman's cleavage. <laughs> right? Like I said, I love the 90s. We're paying her. We're going to look at the cleavage, damn it. We're giving her money. We're giving her money. Okay, Vince, calm down. Don't tell me to calm down that. It's my show. If I want Keith Lee to come in and want to rename a bear cat, I'm going to do it. Okay, so uh, this is some storyline that I can talk about. Actually, WWE does a good job where I don't have to do a lot of it, but um, this was on our last pay-per-view, I believe, where Bret Hart beat Diesel for the world title, and then Diesel started powerbombing Bret Hart after the match. Yeah. And basically, he was going to become heel again. Yeah, he actually stays heel pretty much until he leaves the company. Like That's what sets up him and The Undertaker, is he's a heel at that yeah, point. I mean, to be fair, he is... He's better as a heel anyways. Yeah, nine times out of ten, yeah. Kevin Nash, yeah. He can Kevin be a Nash cool is a heel. horrible face. Yeah, like he can be a cool heel, but yeah, he has to be a bad guy to be at his best, I think. Yeah. Well, he's not a believable face. That's that simple. But at this point, it was... um. At this point, it's kind of like blurring the lines a little bit because that's what we're leading into. Um, so... Uh, this is where Shawn Michaels, uh, I think this is close to where he, no, this is where they're just, they're making you think it's going to happen. Um, but basically, Diesel, even though he's a bad guy, is going to defend Michaels, who got taken out by Owen Hart with an insecurity. It kind of gets weirdly um, mixed together, because there's the infamous where he loses his smile, where he legitimately was going to retire. And then there's this one, which is right after he got beat up in uh, Syracuse, mm. which wasn't legit. I don't, well, it wasn't legit. Like, it wasn't a real injury that kept him out. They just used it as. So. But there's the man himself, Owen Hart. Well. Along, along with Artie Vice's favorite manager of all time. Jim Cornette. Listen, you don't like him just as much as I do. So. I don't like him as a modern-day commentator, but as an, on, as an on-screen character, yeah, he was good. Can't deny oh, yeah. that. As an on-screen character, he was fantastic. But as an off-screen douchebag, he's a douchebag. Uh, so like, I, I just I wish he was... Like, it, it's just so hard to take him seriously. Right. I'm talking about him today, obviously. Like, in his show and everything. It's just so hard to take him seriously. 
did you hear like a couple weeks though? A couple weeks ago though, he said that AEW um, gave him a really great birthday present by giving him like the best show they've done so far. Like he was really complimentary towards Dynamite a couple weeks ago. No. Yeah, no, he like legit came out and said Tony Khan gave me the best birthday present because um, this was like the best episode of Dynamite they've done yet. I can't remember which episode of Dynamite it was, but it was just a couple weeks ago. He was probably being sarcastic and you just didn't catch it. I didn't actually hear him say it. Like, I, most oh. of the stuff I hear from him, I read like on articles and stuff, people quoting what he said, but it was reported as he was being legitimate. Like It wasn't him being snarky. I don't believe it. <laughs> oh, I'm jumping around. The next week, I read stuff about him shitting on stuff. So it's not like he had a change of heart. I'm just saying it happened. No. Oh, God. I can't stand him. <laughs> I really can't. I just really, really can't. I feel like Owen's got a good chance in this match. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, like I said, it's kind of a weird storyline type of thing because it all makes sense, but he's supposed to have gone heel, right. and yet he gives a fuck that his friend was hurt. So, yeah, not a full heel, I guess. Ooh. Oh, wow. Jesus. Who told Owen to do that fall like that? Yeah, guys, I would leave if I were you. I think it's, it's time to be over. In a real fight, this is where you run away. That was cool. Like that, the timing on that for Owen to duck low enough to get under his big boot like that, that was really good. Yeah. I mean, it's all over right there. You just hit the, hit the uh, rocket. Pretty sure that was his finishing move before he just started doing the sharpshooter to screw with Brett. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for the video game possibilities of having Owen Hart as a playable character. Yeah. It'd be really cool, too, if they, um, with all the legends that are connected with the show, like if we get a, you know, um, old school like Dean Malenko and uh, Jake the Snake and Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. I'm assuming those guys are technically probably, like, trademarked by WWE, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to I feel like their likenesses because they're still using the names they should be able to do, but they wouldn't be able to like do maybe like call them the Horsemen or anything like that. Yeah, well, I maybe. Know. I, I, because with those guys, it's hard because of their names. Like, right. They clearly have the ability to use the names, but can you show them as their younger selves? That would be weird. But I still hope it happens because it would be a really cool Legends roster. Oh, absolutely. 
Oh, yeah. Can you imagine, like, a – I mean, I guess technically we can because we had all the imported wrestlers in the previous WWE games. But I'm like, can you ima- – I'm thinking to myself, can you imagine, like, a, a legit, like, game-created version of, like, like Kenny versus Dean or, like – Right. Oh, like, you know what would be crazy? Because he really reminds me of uh, – he kind of, like, just had distinctly reminds me of Dean. Mm-hmm. And this might actually surprise you, but I'm actually I'm really high on this guy too. Dean Malenko in prime Dean Malenko versus Daniel Garcia. Oh, okay, yeah, that would be really good. Yeah, no, I can see that. Dude, he that guy has impressed the fuck out of me since he's come to WWE or since he's come to AEW. Jesus Christ, since he's left WWE and come to AEW, right? Yeah, no, I really like what they've been doing. It, it was I wasn't Those sure guys about, in general. Huh? All three of them. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I wasn't sure when it started about how they were building that that stable, but I think it's really worked out. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. It's it's kind of weird. Like they don't one hundred percent go together. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it is kind of an odd pairing, like the tag team with Garcia. But, yeah, no, it definitely, for some weird reason, it works. It reminds me of, like, as far as, like, pairing them up, it reminds me of, like, the Shield. Just, like, three guys that don't really go together, but they're together because they're going to, like, try and get their spot. So it kind of reminds that psychology is, like, the same. I can see that. The only, you know, honestly, the only thing, though, I thought the shield. I, I thought they went together great. Yeah, I think it got there eventually. I think just at the beginning they were, they were they felt disjointed, but eventually, yeah, they became a really good unit. Yeah. By the way, just for an update on the match, um, Owen technically won <laughs> uh, by disqualification because Diesel pushed down the referee because he's a bad guy now. Yep. But Owen got powerbombed twice for his troubles, so. Who really won? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> I guess Nash, because he yep. got out. And as he left, he was signing that he wanted the world title back. That's not going to happen, but that's what yeah. he wants. Hey, look at Santa and Salvio Vega. Whoa. I love you, Santa. You will never betray us. Never, ever. Never, ever. <laughs> yeah, no, like, as far as the, um, why is Teddy Biasi out there? Uh, <laughs> um, as far as, like, the video game stuff, I am really looking forward to that and seeing what they can do. Because, yeah, there's just a lot of options. And, For sure. like, like, obviously, yeah, no, because he'll be in the Legends area because it's just, where else would you put him? Brody Lee, like you're gonna get a chance because he's still on the roster. They're gonna put him in the video game, so you're gonna get to do Brody Lee versus all those guys and the guys yeah. in the main roster you never got to work with. Yeah, no, for sure. That'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be really cool if Brody Lee Jr. becomes an unlockable character. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. Oh, I would. I know it makes me a horrible person, but man, would I have a 10-year-old get beat up in a wrestling ring in a video game. 
I mean, you could recreate the Kenny Omega match. Yes, yes, I could. Maybe that's a good sign that it will happen because, like, Kenny's no. the VP of video games. Like, no, I did this for real. We're going to give them the opportunity to do this in video games. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, besides the, like, possible backlash from the public, I mean, how cool would that be for Brody Lee Jr.? I mean, it'd be cool for the kid, but, like, the backlash from the public is a big deal. Oh, I feel like it might be worth it. That's but, because you're not the one who would have to deal with it. That's true. Good point. <laughs> do you really want to? Do you really want to see your our, our? Do you really want to see our favorite promotion get drugged through like get drugged through the mud because of something like that, and possibly yeah. like ruin it? Fine. Whatever. <laughs> you're right. I know I'm right. I hate that you're right. I feel like I have like a distinct I feel like there's a distinct difference between you and I to where like I genuinely worry about some of the things like AEW does because I know how like messed up this place is and how people will take anything. And how people right. will attack literally anything. So I get overly cautious and overly worried about it. And right. you're like the complete opposite where you're just like, ah, fuck them. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, but my, my mind says, but like, how cool would it be though? Like, so. I think like the, the punk jumping into the fans thing. Like that, like, that's just, that's just a, a it's a, it's a car. It's, it's a potentially dangerous situation that you don't need to put yourself into. And all, for some reason, all you can think of, oh, that's cool. But in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, legitimately, even though it's like a 1% chance, he could die. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just want to point out, I don't know if it's Peacock or WWE that has racist subtitles, but they're literally just putting in parentheses Spanish every once in a while as Salvia Vegas talking. I mean, is he speaking in Spanish? Well, yes, but you could put in the words. Like, like they put in the word C because they know the word C and then just put Spanish for the rest of it. Mm, Yeah, that's fair. That's probably a WWE thing. Yeah. Oh, my God, Santa Claus is attacking Salvio Vega. Who would have ever thought this could happen? Man, that's crazy. After we said who could, after we just said that he would never betray us. Ever betray who could have foresaw who could have foresaw this? So the I think you know about this, but for anybody that doesn't know about this, this becomes a gimmick. They thought this had staying power. So oh, it he, definitely does. <laughs> he becomes the Xanta Clause with an X from the South Pole. And yeah, he wrestled I don't know how long it lasts, not that long because it's stupid. Yeah. But he wrestles with Ted DiBiase's manager for a while. He doesn't wear the beard. He looks like that now. Now that the beard and wig are off, that's what he looks like when he comes out. Yeah. It is really fucking stupid, though. Yeah. Again, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's because, like, WWE didn't actually create any of the larger-than-life characters in the 80s. Like, if you really look at it, Macho Man was well-defined. Piper, yeah. Hogan, 
they all just came in. So this is Vince trying to create those characters, and this is what happens. Yeah, I mean... The only thing I can think of, the reason that he didn't really have any successes when it came to these characters after all those guys left. I mean, I guess he had success with The Undertaker. We've got to give him credit for The Undertaker, but not a lot after that. So yeah, here comes one of our main events. It's been quite an ordeal, Mabel and The Undertaker. Well... What a different world it would have been if The Undertaker had been the uh, King of the Ring. Honestly, there probably was a cool way to do that. Like, he has, like, a really cool black, you know, crown or something. But... Yeah. I think the King of the Ring in general was just made for heels to win, so... No, I mean, you're not wrong, like... It's kind of hard for a face to really do anything with it. It's like the diamond ring. Like, it's just one of those things where it's made for a heel to win it. Yeah. It might not always be MJF, but I'm pretty sure we're going to see mostly heels win the ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so just to give everybody the storyline, it's pretty straightforward. Um, A while back, um, Kama, who's who's going to become the godfather, stole the urn from the Undertaker, melted it down, made a gold chain. Then in the King of the Ring, Mabel beat the Undertaker and at some point stole the chain, which is the urn, and um, also crushed the Undertaker's face, which is why he's wearing a cool Phantom of the Opera glass or mask. So, so yeah, that's basically it. It's that's all there really is to it. And now yeah. they're going to settle the dispute with a casket match. So, yeah. Using, they, I love, like, you can tell you how much they really thought at this point about the Mabel push, is they didn't create a new casket for Mabel like they did with Yokozuna. They're using the same casket for Yokozuna. They just spray painted it as if I they're like, game. yeah, me too. I, I just saw like a thing on TikTok, somebody playing. I was like, oh, that brings back memories of Vince McMahon saying, what a debacle, like 500 times. I had the, I had it for Super Nintendo. Me too. I didn't realize PlayStation was a thing back then. You know, I was thinking the same exact fucking thing. <laughs> we were I also don't on. remember the cases being like that. I distinctly remember the cases being smaller. Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't think it was a particularly good wrestling game. It was um it was literally an arcade game. If you guys never played the arcade yeah. game, uh everybody had magical powers. Like the one I remember was Doink the Clown, like could make his hand giant and slap yep. his opponent. I but, remember uh, that. Yeah, there was others. I can't remember what other powers they had. It's not one of the games I still have for Super Nintendo. Although for nostalgia's sake, I'd probably buy it if I could get if I got a chance to. I would if as I probably would as long as it's like crazy cheap. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not one of the ones that I think I have replay value. Like, um I have a Power Rangers video game that's pretty cool to replay, but I don't think there's any others that I would well, there's a couple, but not that one. Like I'd buy Star Fox replay. Which um is it the one where you like 
Is it like a scroller? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's like a scroller, and then you basically just go through each level, and like halfway through, you morph, and then you yeah. fight giant, and you fight monsters at the end of each level. Yeah. Until like the last two levels, then it's the Megazord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had that game. I remember that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Still, I can still play it. I've still never beaten it. Like I can get to the last level, I can't beat the last level, even at mm. this point in my life. I don't know why. It's just I can't. Well, first, final boss really hard. He's got like three lives to your one, so that's yeah. part of it. But yeah, that does frustrate me as I've gotten older because I keep playing games. And I'm like. Oh yeah, I can go back now and beat these older games. They should be easy. And you know, <laughs> like, no, they're nope. still difficult to sell. Some of them are. Some of them are. Another one. Some of them get easier, but like you know, another one that's on my list is um, Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can get through the first couple temples, and I can't beat that game. Ugh, fucking hate it, but I want to beat it so bad. To be fair, I mean, I haven't tried them really, really recently, but I think I tried some of them like a few years ago. I still have trouble with the X, uh, with the Mega Man X games. Mm-hmm. I've heard those are difficult. I don't think I ever played them, but I heard those are difficult. Yeah. Dude, Mega Man X was like my shit. I played the shit out of that game uh, on Super Nintendo. Never beat it though. Really? For all for all the hours and hours I put into that game, I never beat it. Yeah. One random game that I like, I don't, I've never seen, but I want to buy if I find it uh, for Super Nintendo is the um, uh, Hook, the crossover video game for the movie. <laughs> Hook. Really? Yeah, because it's the first game I ever beat. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's you want to play it today as an as an adult and not beat it, so you can feel even worse. That that would make me feel worse. No, I just really, like, I have good memories of it because I beat it and because it was a pretty decent game even though it's a weird tie into a movie. Yeah. Oh my god, Mo, get out of there. He will clearly kill you. You fool. Mo, the psychology, Mabel. Jesus Christ, why would you headbutt a man wearing a protective mask? Yeah. You're clearly not Samoan. We know that about you. You would if you were Samoan. Oh, I guess this would have this was before Samoans were really oh no. If you were actually Samoan, you would have been like a hedgehunter. Right. Yeah, no, there there was a time though when it could apply to black people too, which is really? not yeah, like Junkyard Dog had the hard head gimmick. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. I yeah. honestly completely forgot that he did that. Yeah, no, I've heard other people point out that it's basically just the most racist thing about, one of the most racist things about wrestling of the era. And it's not yeah. completely wrong. Why don't you guys just form an alliance and become the Ministry of Darkness already? That'll never happen. I honestly don't know what Viscera did in the ministry. Like, I know he was there, 
but I like I have no memories of him ever doing anything important as part of that group. You're not wrong. I mostly so I mostly remember him from having like the the occasion basically like the occasional six man tag match teaming up with the accolades is what yeah. I remember. And that's yeah, about yeah. it, honestly. Yeah, no, that group definitely got too big to really like it just basically was to give people something to do for the most part. Yeah. I mean that's kind of the point of factions. Yeah. Oh they my just, God, they just need to do it correctly. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just I was just saying like that's basically just you have to do it correctly. Right. And take like and like factions give people time. Oh god. So I just randomly saw part of an interview uh, from Paul Bear the other day that made me um, just reminded me of something I'd forgotten. Do you know how they started using the urn? No. It's really quite simple. It's it was you think it would be this big thing, but no, it was because Paul Bear, when he was a manager before he became Paul Bear, he always had like a cane or something to carry in his hands, so mm-hmm. he felt like he needed something. So since he was a funeral director, he just got an urn. And that's ah. literally it. And they figured out the power stuff later. It was just he wanted something to hold on to. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's one of those weird little like, oh, that that's how that started? Okay. <laughs> Does it count if Mo put him in there? I mean, I guess Mabel's a king, so he doesn't have to do his own manual labor. Yes. Yeah, take the all time in the world, guys. Yeah. I mean, Mabel wants to look good when he shuts that lid. But how do you have time to recover? Mabel's shocked like he hasn't been aware of The Undertaker since 91. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> oh, there's the big clothesline. I mean, this is at least as good as the title match for the first time ever of um, um, Alex Wright and what was his name? Wait, what? The uh, From Starcade, the Alex Wright match that was for the uh, junior heavyweight title. Oh, he took a big fall on that. Um, yeah. I, I, I forget who it was against too, but yeah, it was for the, for the junior heavyweight title and was never announced. I mean, it's because it wasn't as important as a casket match for a gold. Yeah. This is the most Mo has ever gotten over. (laughs) Goodbye. I like that kind of choke slam. Yeah. 
I think literally Mo was there just because Undertaker couldn't believably choke slam Mabel. Yeah. That's fair. Oh, Mabel was able to move over a little bit. Okay, he was. I said this. Mo did not <laughs> Mo did not ease into that fall. Do you think they had the forethought? Yeah. Do you think they had the forethought to like make sure they could both fit in there before they did that? I don't know, man. They had to have, right? Other than that, the only other option would be like hope it works, or if not, Moe's gonna lay on top of me. Yeah, I guess. Everything's right with the world, guys. Undertaker's got his chain back. Oh, thank God. Oh, also, just as a heads up, we're almost at an hour and a half for recording time. Yeah, why don't we take a break? Um, why don't we do it right here, actually? Uh, yeah, it's the end of the map, you know, let's finish up what's left. It's not going to be that much more because it's only an in your house. Right. Yeah, yeah just right. to be safe, we should probably do that. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. All right, you back? Yep. Okay, so full disclosure, I forgot to pause for a few uh, seconds. So I'm at one hour, 20 minutes, and 59 seconds. 59? Okay. I'll be there in just a few seconds. I was about 10 seconds behind you at the end. Yeah. I just forgot to pause it, and I looked up. I was like, oh, that's still going. No worries. And all right, we're good. All right. So again, one hour, 20 minutes, and 59 seconds. And we're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. Boom, baby. And we're right in the middle of Undertaker's celebration where he holds up again his Mr. T chain. Celebrate dead man, come on. We might give it to Paul Bear. He's just going to betray you in about a year and a half. No. A jackass. I mean, I don't know if it was uh, Vince or Jerry that made the point on commentary. Oh, I guess Undertaker's making the point, too. But yeah, now that he's finally through this year of hell of trying to get back the remnants of his urn, (laughs) he can focus on things like, you know, winning titles. (laughs) Which I think is where we're going to, where it heads next. If I remember correctly, by the Royal Rumble, he has a title match. And um, it it somehow breaks down, and it sort of leads to his match with Diesel at WrestleMania. Yeah, because Vince actually doesn't want to put the title on him until you get to WrestleMania 13, where uh, he's like, "Oh shit! All these people that have left me, and the Undertaker's been loyal. Maybe I should reward that with a title run." Maybe. It's just just a thought, really. Yeah, we've never done the um, the SummerSlam '92 main events. Uh, we we watched the match from SummerSlam '92. Actually, yeah. to go back to the SummerSlams, but anyway, I wanted to point out that um, that match is really weird in that uh, British Bulldog had been up all night the night before smoking crack with uh, Jim the Anvil Nyhart. 
So he was high off his ass and basically just doing whatever Brett told him throughout the whole match. Yep. And the fact that it came out as a classic is a testament to Bret Hart and I guess British Bulldog's ability to follow directions. I don't, I don't know how much, like, there has to be some credit. I mean, the fact that he was able to stay with Brett while off his ass on crack cocaine must say something. But that was a few years ago. Now, he's a bad guy with Jim Cornette. And he's going to take the title from his brother-in-law. Yep. That's how we do things in the WWE. By the way, I know we I ranted about this on our last Chaos of Ringside. Go back and listen to it. But when I talk about how they misused Bret Hart and WCW, I want to point out, if I didn't make that clear, that like not even two months after Brett arrives, you also have British Bulldog and Jim Neihart there. And um, that could have been an alternate, like go against the NWO faction. They did not do that. And those two basically floundered and did nothing. Yep. Just, yes, just putting it out there that that was also another thing you could have done that was so easy. No, you're not wrong. So, tonight I'm going to make my own sister a widow. Oh, I probably should have said that. Sorry, Todd, I got a little wrapped up and I went too far. It's okay, Brad, it's okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I, I feel like this is the point. Like, this is the exact opposite of the WCW thing, because I feel like the whole card for WCW up to the main event was great, and then the main event was, you know, what it was. Right. And I feel like this card it hasn't been horrible, but it has no. been pretty eh. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be pretty good, so. So if we could just get a 95 show where we get WCW producing the undercard and then get a WWF main event, I think we'd be happy. Does such a show exist? Well, it won't happen in 95 because we're in December, but maybe 96 at some point. I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but I don't know when we'll come back to it, but at some point we'll be back and we'll start off with, I guess it'll be, I don't know what the pay-per-view would be for uh, WCW. I can't remember the name of it, but it would be whatever that pay-per-view is in January and then the Royal Rumble. And I'm assuming the Royal Rumble is going to beat it because it's the fucking Royal Rumble. It should <laughs> beat it. But uh, I think we'll give that a month or two at least before we get back into that. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, I saw a thing today again on TikTok. It was really fun. It was um, it was actually Bret Hart, and he was uh, taking out from a like a uh, protective bag. Uh, a I don't know if it's like one of the original ones that he won or just a replica that he bought. 
but it was the Wind Eagle uh, world title. Mm. And as he was taking it out, he's like, yeah, I don't know why they ever changed it. It's like one of the most beautiful belts ever made, not like the piece of crap they have now. <laughs> and I have to say, I'm not like, totally against his sentiment there. Like, the Wind Eagle belt is a much more pretty belt, and the one now is very generic and kind of stupid. Yeah. No, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I think the Wind Eagle was the last, like, world title for WF that I really liked. Because I didn't like it when they changed it to the bigger belt during the Austin era. And I don't think... The Undisputed was okay, but I don't think it was better than that. So I'm going to say the Wind Eagle is probably my favorite. I don't know if that's just from that's when I was a kid um, oh, or if it's completely aesthetic, but it is what it is. That's my feelings about it. Man, how can you not like the spinner belt? Oh, yeah. The, it's fun. That made it fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You you said it yourself. You, it's fun because so, it was fun. And then, and then they decided to, um, after they got off of Cena, well, it's stupid if it keeps spinning. So they just stopped it from spinning, but kept it looking like it did. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely dumb. Nice drop toe hold there by Brett. Apparently, Stu just turned 80 in well, 1995. He's so goddamn old. Um, yeah. <laughs> the reason I say that is that means, like, when his kids were starting off, he was, like, 70. But his kids were only in their, like, late 20s. So Stu was getting it way into his 60s. Just let that sink in there for a minute. Although I heard that um, it wasn't actually intentional. Stu uh, would just put Helen in wrestling holds and then <laughs> stuff would happen. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. I, you gotta love Cornette a little bit for the Santa covering on his racket. <laughs> Again, I'm talking about the TV character, not the commentator now. Oh, All right, buddy. We'll we'll just we'll just move past that, okay? Ah! I wonder if Vince ever seriously considered putting the belt on Davy Boy. He he had to have. He had to have considered. Yeah, because yeah, he had everything he was looking for. I think he just came down to it; he wasn't reliable, so they didn't trust him to do it. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's what I would assume. But yeah. no, you know he had to have thought of it. 
I don't think, conversely, that he ever thought about doing it for Owen because Owen just didn't have the size that he likes. Yep. Which is fucking insane, by the way. Yeah. You are not wrong, sir. Help! this match is over. What am I talking about? He's just about to beat him right now. Oh. Sorry. Sorry, guys. I, I, over, I overshot it. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what took me so long, but they, they pointed this out. I do like the added psychological touch of him wearing the same, uh, Davy Boy wearing the same trunks that he wore to win the match at Wembley. Yeah. You think they told Diana to sit at ringside and look shocked the whole time? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Because the last couple times we've seen her, she's literally just been sitting there with her mouth open. Shocked. Yeah. That's fair. I just don't understand. How is he moving? Well, I hope they don't hurt each other. Or if they do, I hope that Davey Boy's the one that wins. She actually does look a lot like her mother. Yeah. I would say, like, from... I mean, I don't think I ever saw Stu when he was younger. But I would say that none of the boys remind me of him from, like, when he when we do see him. But she looks just like her, a younger version of her mother. Yeah, no, I would 100% agree with that. I, wish, I almost wish this match was a little bit worse because all I can think about is just talking about what's on screen. But what's on screen is actually some pretty decent wrestling, so there's not a lot to comment on. Hey, Brett, watch out for Earl Hebner. Just. Just a general thought for the future. I don't know why you would say that. There's nothing that's going to happen. Like in two years. Just give him two years. Nope. Doubt it. Oh, Jim Cornette, that's the worst thing you're ever going to do. Oh, he'll never do any other crime worse to this state of professional wrestling than that. Yep. I wonder, oh, because the commentary has to still say it. They they took the time to put WWE in the in the closed captioning and entertainment instead of federation. Yeah, that's so dumb. And if it was, if I thought it was something Vince had to do because of the lawsuit, it'd be one thing. It's just what he wanted to do. I'm surprised they haven't figured out a way to put like a little marker at the bottom of the logo on the screen so it says WWE. 
That's some good work from Cornette. I know. Fuck Cornette. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you get it. <laughs> he's just on the screen and he's doing a good job being a manager, so I wanted to draw attention to it. Yeah. Fuck. What a headlock. Yeah, they've been doing that a lot. I, I don't know. Are we spoiled in that, like, grabbing a headlock, like, drains it for us? Or is that all would have always been the case? Mm. Good question. Uh, I really can't. I, I don't know if I have an answer. My, yeah. Because I can judge it by the way I would feel about it today. If I watch yeah. it, it drains the match. But I don't remember it being a big deal for me when I was a kid. Well, it probably wasn't. You know, it probably wasn't. Only because it, like, there wasn't as much. I don't know how to put it. Basically, like, there, there wasn't as much. They weren't doing as much in general in right. the ring. So, because of that, the headlock didn't really, like, I guess, look as bad, I guess. Or not bad. Right. That's the wrong word. Um, but no, just like, it was applied well, and he did, like, yeah. he did what you're supposed to do during the headlock. But, yeah. I know what you mean, though. Like, when look as, like, um, boring, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted to, I actually asked this question, I never got an answer because, well, I'm not that important, but um, in 95, before this, I think we watched it, um, Arn Anderson versus Ric Flair, they have a long spot where they do that, where they're holding a headlock, and for some reason, it's not, it doesn't drag like that. I don't know what they did that was different. I don't know if it was yeah. a technology thing, but it doesn't drag like that, so I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm I'm not entirely sure, honestly. Yeah, actually, I think we already did that that episode. So, uh, go yeah. back and search for. Um, I can't remember. It's the other problem. I can't remember all the episodes we've done. What? How what can you not remember our... everything we've done? One of our early WCW episodes, there's a pay-per-view really too that's Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. And I'm pretty sure I put it in the title because it was such a good match. It's actually not that far ago chronologically from where we are because it has to do with the four horsemen, you know, screwing over Sting. So... Oh boy! Oh, here we go! Oh Jesus! Oh. Every once in a while, like we, here we are bitching about the headlock, and every once in a while they do shit like that. But like that just looks un—it just looks unsafe. Yeah, no, it definitely did. That looked like Brett really trusting Davy to have the strength to pull him up and to put him where he needed to be. God damn. So I, I don't 
So I'll just say that there, um, what happened was there was a reverse to a superplex from the top rope. And instead of superplexing, Davy Boy grabbed Brett as if he were going to superplex him and crotched him on the top rope. They looked as Ooh. crazy as we're describing it because, man, did that look crazy. He likes because he, he didn't like place him onto the ropes. He literally released him and like threw him onto the rope. Yeah. I mean, it seemed to work out, but yeah, no, it was a crazy hold. Whew. Oh, I think we just caught the referee hanging the blade. Jesus. Yeah, that was the referee either taking the blade away or handing it to him or one or the other. But yeah, we just caught a little bit of blading. How the fuck did he cut himself? Not how as in like how did he, I mean like where? Because like the blood's just like all over the place. I think he got himself on the head if I had to guess. Yeah, it's on his forehead. I think he cut himself a lot deeper than he was planning on. Yeah. Although Brett it's is like a, all over. Yeah, Brett is a bleeder though. Like when he does a blade job, he really does bleed a lot. No. Yeah. Well, that's true. It just oh. it looked like it was just all over that mat, you know? Oh yeah, no. It definitely looked like it gushed out on there. Almost like you're not supposed to take a razor blade and cut the top of your head. Right? <laughs> Almost. Almost. Oh, I hope I didn't leave the oven on. Oh, dear. I wonder if that blood is real. I probably should ask my dad or my brothers about that at some point. Why is this camera getting closer to my face? Okay. I'm just going to keep staring ahead now. Let's keep the fucking popcorn guy will get over here. Goddamn popcorn. Okay. I hope you enjoyed my attempt at comedy. No. She really does keep looking into the crowd like either somebody's saying some shit to her yeah. or she can hear somebody yelling. Like she looks over every once in a while just kind of annoyed. What yeah, the no. fuck? Jesus Christ. I think that was supposed to be him doing a Dynamite Kid head head um, bump, yeah. bump rope. Yeah. But it looked more like a cow like just being launched through the air. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was a holy grail reference, by the way. I never finished the movie. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I started it. I've never finished it all the way. So, how? how do you <laughs> not find that? How do you? How do you not find that movie hilarious? No, I did. I found it hilarious, and then I got busy doing something else, and then. Yeah, I haven't finished it. It I never got exposed to Monty Python when I was younger, and I do realize that it's something I'm going to find hilarious. I just have never sat down and made the effort, really. 
just just do it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I found the parts I saw funny. I just, like, I think I got to the, the Black Knight battle. Pretty sure that's how far I got. Although I've also seen, I've seen those clips so many times. I'm not sure how far I got. What I've seen as as a clip. So I'm sorry. I just want to be your friend. Why won't you let me love you? Every once in a while. Every once in a while, I wonder. I really wonder. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've got no defense for it. I just. I, I know. I know you have no defense for it. Nice German. Let's get back to the wrestling, okay? Sure. That was actually a really nice sequence of getting out of the suplex into a German. God, there's so much blood. Yeah. He's bleeding like a stuck heart. <laughs> get it? Because he's hurt. What's interesting is there's... Right, Bulldog's, so pants are almost, okay. Bulldog's pants have almost lost all the weight. They're almost yeah. just red and blue. But when you look at Hart's face, it's not like he's not ha- doesn't have the crimson mask. Yeah, but it must just be no. spurting out of him. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Because when you look at him, it's yeah, it's not like it's not like flare. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, he must have like got himself like at a sensitive spot on like under his hairline where there's like a yeah. vein or something. That's what I was thinking. Because Earl keeps checking with him, like, have you lost enough blood yet? Or do you need to stop? Good God. Jesus. Brett's punches usually look pretty, like, safe. Those just look like he was smacking him on the side of the head, though. Yeah. What are you doing, Brett? Oh, what are you, what are you oh, doing, my. Brett? Oh, You know what? Well, aren't you a big, big, strong boy? I want to take something back. It's a lot like the death match uh, that we watched. It starts off slow, pretty fucking gruesome, pretty actually good. I feel like that's why they did the headlock because we're like, listen, we're going to basically kill each other. So I'm going to go ahead and take a few minutes just to relax in the ring. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think that's a good lesson for all of us wrestling fans. We need to, especially when the talent level's this high, we need to give them the benefit of the doubt until the match is over, at least. Yeah. Crouch him! Hope you weren't having any nephews or nieces for me. <laughs> oh. Girl, I went too far again. Who are you flipping off, weird ginger in the front row? Are you upset with Brett? <laughs> <laughs> like Jeffrey Dahmer looking ginger with the black and purple shirt? <laughs> Come on, Davey, I want the money. I mean, win the title for pride. I can't tell what she's saying. I want to know what she's yelling. Oh, Jesus. Oh, right on his head. 
Oh, I'm ahead of you by like a second, clearly. But like, holy shit, dude. No, I think we're close enough. But yeah, no, that looked bad. That looked so bad. I'm trying to think how to call it. So Rhett swung Davy Boy into the corner, but he did the thing where you see sometimes where you flip upside down when you go in the corner. But something about the inertia bounced Davy Boy back, so he just bounced and landed on his head. Yeah. Like, oh, man. To be more specific, it was like the side of his head and almost on like the area between like, like the neck area between like the side of your neck between your, the head and the shoulder. You know what I mean? Right. I've realized now that that was a lot dumber of a statement than I, obviously your neck's between your head and your shoulder, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. I got you. It's that kind of analysis people come to the show for. Yeah. 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 That was just Davey selling the back body when there wasn't a back body drop to sell. Yeah. Oh, God. So much blood. There really is. Oh, going for a cradle. There really is a lot of blood. How's that not three count? Sorry, we went back to Diana. Hmm. Will somebody get these children away from me? Hey, that's where Hulk Hogan was. He was incognito to see this match. Also, Somebody get your fucking kids. They're touching Diana. That's not okay. Like, who who thinks that's okay? Wait, was that the... Did that really get the three? It must have. Yeah. I thought that was a two count. Uh, I mean, I could see it because they're going for a similar ending that what happened with... Um, at 92, where it was just, you know, right. the top of the pin. But yeah, I didn't think that was actually three. Huh. Yeah. I think there might have been a better, like, I understand the psychology. I think there might have been a better way for the pin so it felt more final. So I think that's why the 92 one works. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, he wasn't going to win with the sharpshooter because that would make Davy Boy look too weak. Right, right. And Brett doesn't really have a any other kind of finisher. I'm, I mean, the paper is pretty much over, but we might as well watch the extra. Yeah. So. <laughs> huh. This is all the stuff that you wouldn't have got back in the day unless you bought the home video. Yeah, so this sets up the Royal Rumble match. Basically, uh, Gorilla Monsoon just gifted The Undertaker a Royal Rumble match because of his win. And this sets up WrestleMania.
Don't touch Paul. Oh my God, he spoke. <laughs> How do you know what the word dodge means? You're dead. So yeah, whenever we get to the Royal Rumble, uh, join us for watching, um, big or watching the Undertaker versus Bret Hart, which I actually oh. remember being a pretty good match. So yeah, makes sense. Not to spoil it, uh, but we're also going to see Shawn Michaels win the Royal Rumble because it's 1996, and you should know what happens to WrestleMania 12. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so yeah, we're just watching the God, spoilers, Jesus. Oh, I'm so sorry, buddy. I just I can't help but give it all away. God, so, um, give it away, give it away, give it away now. So I think overall we've already talked about how the undercard for Starcade was better. Uh, do you give the overall points to Starcade, even though the main event, I think, would we were right, was better for this than it was for Starcade? Well, yeah, main event was clearly better, but yeah, the main the card as a whole, I would say, was definitely better on Starcade. Yeah, which again, that's their WrestleMania. So if it's not, they would have a real big problem. Yeah, the the main obviously the main event was complete shiitake mushrooms, but like, but yeah, like overall, I would still give it to Starcade. Yeah, but I think that also is like my preferred style of wrestling anyways. Right. That particular, like that tournament and everything. So. Maybe that's what screwed me up. Cause on the contrary, they say no. Eh, whatever. Um, yeah. So I, like, I, I really enjoyed this. I'm, I'm enjoying the comparison. of the Yeah, me too. Per month. So I don't know when we're going to come back into it, but obviously the next time will be the Royal Rumble and whatever January we can do. WCW was doing. I'm assuming the Royal Rumble is going to be better because we've already mentioned Undertaker, Brett, and Sean's yeah. going to win the Rumble. But um, we'll see. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe the, that Royal Rumble actually sucked. I don't know. <laughs> um, I doubt but, it, but maybe. So for next week, um, we're going to be doing uh, Chaos at Ringside. We obviously have a lot to talk about since we couldn't shut up about it even during this show. So yeah. join us for that. Um, we're still doing Star Trek, so keep checking us out on Mondays for Deep Space Nine. Moving right along, so where it's going to be both Voyager and Deep Space Nine. And um, yeah, for for all of October, I don't know how much I'm going to do, but I'm planning on having quite a few bonus episodes. Like I said, I already know for a fact that we're going to be doing uh, The Simpsons, the original Trios Four, with at least me and DJ Madman. If Mr. Vice's schedule allows, maybe we can get him in there. If not, it'll still be fun. Um, and we've already recorded They Live. I have a few other ideas, but for right now, that's still some bonus content coming to you in October. Right. Yeah. yeah, so thanks to Eric Bowman for the theme song. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Chaos Pacho, for all your updates. By the way, that's what we said that was nice about you, that you've done a really good job with Twitter, buddy. Uh, yeah. So that means this episode will probably corrupt and I won't be able to upload it because I said something nice about you. Yeah, yeah. probably. That's how it goes. When will I learn? Um, yeah, and uh, thanks to Eric Bowman for the theme song and have a great night, everybody. We'll see you uh, Monday. Do see you.